And let's go ahead and pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you once again tonight that we can be with you. What a privilege, what, a, what an honor it is to be in your presence, to be filled with you. Lord, and thank you now for your Holy Spirit, who is our teacher, who is our guide, who, is, who leads us into all the truth. It even shows us things to come. Lord, we, just, we look to you tonight for, for everything we need, and we uh, thank you for utterance in the Holy Ghost, boldness to speak your word. And I pray that each person would have open hearts to receive what you have to say and do tonight in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, if you've been with us over the last number of weeks, you know that we've been talking to you about the glory of God, okay, in these, in these services. And so we're going to continue there tonight and talk more about the glory of God. And I don't know about you, but I'm anticipating some really good things tonight and, and in the days to come as well. Uh, that God's glory is just going to continually be more and more manifest, okay, in our lives, in our services, and that there's, there's more that we have to look forward to. Sometimes we don't know um, exactly what to expect, and, and we don't want to limit what God can do by just expecting a certain type of manifestation, but maybe I'll give some more examples in coming, in coming weeks, but... Uh, Sometimes we don't even know what the possibilities are, and so we, we can't wrap our minds around, what is this, what can God do if, when he walks into, the, walks into the place? I mean, it's just amazing some of the things that, that the Lord has done in here, in this place, and in other places, in different times, and all around the world. Sometimes it will absolutely stir your faith and excite you to hear about what God has done in other places as well. And so we may talk about some of these things, uh, but we're going to continue to go up and up and up and experiencing more of the glory of God. And the, and the end result in this, I tell you what, you're going to have a, a deeper walk with God more than ever before. And, and beyond that, it's going to come to a place uh, where people who come into this, to this church uh, they're going to be impacted more so than they have been in the past. And, and I, can just, I can just share some of these things that are on my heart. I know that God is at work here. And man, the, some of the times, sometimes people get come in and the testimony of the presence of God is just real powerful to them that God obviously met them when they showed up. And it's because, well, in part, we don't take the credit, He gets the glory, but in part, we're, co we're cooperating with Him. And we worship in the Lord together, and, and for the most part, we've, we've, you know, I don't know that it's perfect, but we got, we've got unity, okay, unity of purpose, and we're all here for the same reason, and uh, we're here to glorify the Lord, and when that happens, God shows up, and people's lives get changed, and I get testimonies regularly, we read a lot of them, but uh, a lot of them are not read, of people who come in, and they get healed of different things, many times not even touched by a person, and, and things are happening, and uh, uh, and listen, people are being born again. Just a lot of people are being saved. Even in the last few months, it's just been a big increase. But I want to tell you, I'm not satisfied. I'm excited. I'm happy about it. I'm thankful for what the Lord has done. But I'm not satisfied. There's something in me that keeps wanting to reach out and say, more of that. More of that. And just like when we come together and we're in one accord and God's presence is here with us, the Spirit of the Lord is manifesting and doing things, uh, lives will be changed. But you know these things can increase. I mean, I thank God for every time we've had services and, and uh, we give a, a call for salvation and people respond and give their lives to the Lord. I'm so glad about that. But you know, even in that regard, my expectation is for more. Yeah. 
not, and listen to me now, not just more, I'm t- t- talking to you about something I can't in myself produce. Not just more in numbers, although numbers bring them on. There's a, even a book called Numbers, so we know that's okay. Lots more numbers, but dramatic conversions. I mean, thank God for when, a lot, when the Spirit of God convicts a person and brings them to salvation. But I can, I can see even more where a person comes in and they can't even hardly explain, but something happens on the inside of them that they can't contain. Where it was like at times in the book of Acts, where the preaching of the word went forth. When, for example, when Peter preached, and the Bible says that they were cut to the heart. What is that? Well, that's not what they made them feel extra good and made them feel real comfortable, gave them coffee and a donut, and would you like to receive the Lord as well? <laughs> Nothing wrong with coffee and a donut, but uh, I'm not substituting anything, anything like that for conviction. To where a person says, what must I do to be saved? To where God gets, and someone who, who has known the Lord, and they've been walking like a squirrely person for years, when they come into to contact with the tangible presence of God's anointing, they know it's over. There's something that's got to change. I mean, how many know we, you can't manufacture that? I, I can try to sit and counsel and try to convince someone to live right all day long and to sell out to God. But when God's mighty presence and glory is in manifestation, He can do in a few moments what might take a whole lifetime or never happen with just our, uh, you know, our minds going to work and trying to convince someone to do right. All right? And these are the things that I'm looking for. I'm I'm looking not just for an emotional response from people, but where God's Spirit is so so much quickening a person and doing a work that it is undenied. And and you know where it'll, it'll, it'll reach the most hardened sinner. It'll reach the most skeptical person. Yeah, we're never going to leave the Word and say, well, it's all about some feeling. No, I'm talking the Word is preached and God rides on that and conviction comes to the point where people are dramatically changed. Okay, and uh, in the middle of that, will sometimes there'll be a will there be a negative uh, response or backlash? Sometimes there can be. You know, it's been said about the Apostle Paul's ministry that wherever he went, he had either a riot or a revival. <laughs> and uh, and uh, you know, none of us want riot, <laughs> and I don't want anyone throwing anything. But at the same time, I want to have the same gospel preached with the same degree of power that, listen, if someone really, they're not going to be able to stand in the middle, not going to be able to ride the fence. There's got to be a response one way or the other. And we know, man, so many people are going to come to know him. You know, and and can I tell you this? And be back the next week. Are you listening? (laughs) Where it wasn't just a, you know, I prayed the prayer and I'm good. No, there's the, such a, an awareness of God in their life from that point. And, and that's what you need. And that's what I need. I mean, I need, I need encounters with Him through the Word and through my time in worship. But to where it's more than I've ever had before. And it's so real to me that it draws me uh, into a place that I haven't been in the past. And into a walk with the Lord that has been non-existent. There's more out there than we have realized or than we can necessarily articulate uh, in, in, in just a few moments' time. God is a big God. He's infinite in all His ways. Oh, and He loves us so much. And He likes it when you talk about Him. Can I tell you that? Just let you know that in case you weren't sure. 
He likes it when you talk about him at breakfast. He likes it when you talk about him on break from work. He likes it when you talk about him, you know, while you're playing golf. Are you listening? He wants to be the center of your life. And to where he comes up at least as much as other things that you do. If not much more. Amen. Well, let's try to get to our text. John 14, verse 21. He who has my commandments and keeps them, it is he who loves me. And he who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I will love him and manifest myself to him. And this is what we're talking about, the manif manifestation of God's glory, God's presence. Remember, remember the Amplified Bible said uh, that I will show, reveal, manifest myself to him. I will let myself be clearly seen by him and make myself real to him. All right? And so we know this is simply by following what the Lord has said. That's a big key in doing this. We're obedient to what the Lord says to us. Now, also, I, you remember John eleven forty, where Jesus said, Did I not say to you that if you would believe, you would see the glory of God? John eleven forty. If you would believe, you would see the glory of God. And then they saw the glory manifest when Lazarus, as a response to this, was raised from the dead. Amen. And so we know, what are we talking about when we're talking about the glory of God? Well, it will go as far as this. It will go to the extent the glory of God can be manifest to such a degree that it will raise people from the dead. All right. So I don't believe in people being raised from the dead. Well, do you believe in the glory of God? Because that's, that's one of the side effects <laughs> to having God's presence or His glory in manifestation. What's, what's the side effect? Well, you know, it's just like some of the, uh, the drugs that people take. Some of you may have some drugs. I'm talking about legal drugs, <laughs> prescription for certain conditions. And uh, I know, I mean, thank God I don't have to take any, but I've seen the commercials. And, uh, <laughs> you know, and they got to have an extra long commercial because it takes them five seconds to give you the benefits and a minute and a half to give you the <laughs> <laughs> to give you the side effects and I guess they're required by law to give them that's why they take up all the commercial with you got to be aware of this 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 and, I, and uh, I don't know about you but I'm not interested in those kind of side effects but but what happens when there's an infusion of life amen what, what happens uh, when the when the Lord is there what, what does Romans uh, chapter 8 say about that um, that the the spirit of him who raised Christ from the dead will quicken your mortal bodies are mean make alive. Well, when God's presence is in manifestation, what happens? All those side effects, like the commercials, those are the things that leave. Those are the things that drop off. When the glory of God is manifest, we've shown you some of them, but a lot of different things can happen, okay? But it all ends up in us being better off at the end, not worse, not, ah, oh, man, I wish I wouldn't have gone to church that night. Man, that really messed me up. I mean, some of you have been out in the world, when, uh, uh, you know, maybe before, hopefully it was before you came to the Lord, but, uh, you know, and you may have, you have taken times where you go out, uh, you know, clubbing or something and drink too much, and at the end of the night, you know, you don't know where you're at, and the next morning, you know, you wake up and you think, oh, junk, I can't believe what I did. 
I can, you know, and you, all of a sudden you have resentment and you feel guilty and you feel embarrassed about the things that you did because it seemed perfectly normal to you at the time. It almost, almost made sense while you were under the influence of that substance uh, to do the things that you did, but the next day you didn't feel good about it. I don't believe we should ever have those times with the Lord. I mean, we're going to come together and God's glory and God's spirit going to do a tremendous work and you're not going to feel bad about it the next day. You're not going to be embarrassed about it, not going to wish you had gone to church that, that night or you, or you didn't drink that much of God's Spirit, amen? Because really, in reality, what, what the Lord does and what His Spirit does in our life doesn't make us, uh, it's not something that makes us look bad, you know, I mean, certainly we, we can lose some, you know, reputation if it... If, if it's all about us and our own self-image, it's not all about that. But when you submit yourself to the Lord, He fills you, you'll act different. You'll be more bold. You'll be nicer than ever before. <laughs> you'll treat people right. You'll walk in forgiveness. You'll also have miracles around you. You'll, you'll also have, have other people helped and changed. And these are the kind of results we want. These are the kind of, re, kind of actions we, we, we want to take place in our lives. And uh, glory to God. Anyway. Uh, God wants to reveal and manifest himself to us. Now, you don't need to turn there, but let me re remind you of this scripture, Leviticus 10 and verse 3. Uh, remember, it said this, and Moses said to Aaron, this is what the Lord spoke, saying, by those who come near me, I must be regarded as holy and before all the people. Well, what's the attitude with which we must have when we come near the Lord? We must treat him as holy. We must regard Him as holy. We must have, a, have an awe about ourselves in relationship to Him. Okay? People do not, uh, let me say it this way, God does not give His holy things, His sacred, His precious treasure to those who count those things as common. Those who treat His business as just common and ordinary and big whoop-de-doo. No, but by those who come close to him, he must be regarded as holy. And that's why we took all last time talking about how God is holy. And, and I think we're going to talk about it a little bit more tonight. It's been stirring in my heart. And uh, I want you to know that uh, you can have a relationship with God that is better or closer than others. It's not just all the... Now, we know positionally you're either saved or you're not. You're either born again or you're not. So I'm not, not, not questioning those truths. But as far as our walk with God and what we experience and what He reveals to us, what we're able to see, it's not all the same with everybody. You, by your own decision and by you pursuing and coming to God with the correct and appropriate attitude, you can experience more than anyone you've ever known before. Like we've talked about with Enoch. He got a free ride, didn't he? <laughs> I mean, he, he had something, something happen in his life that nobody else had. Right? How about you go after something? You don't know anyone in your family that's ever experienced God that much. You don't even know anyone in your church that's had God's presence be so strong in their life. But you can have it. You know, it, it's like in my life, there are people, uh, I have, you know, a number of friends, but uh, there are some people in my life that are closer to me than others. There are some people in my life that I would share and give to them, you know, information or aspects of my life that are more dear to my heart that I wouldn't share with other people. You're the same way. You don't just give your deepest and your most heartfelt, the things that are most important to you, to anyone you meet. 
All right? There are certain relationships that go further, that go deeper, and you're willing to open up more, and they experience more of you. Right? And likewise, our, our walk with God is the same way. But here's the good news. It's available to everyone. Okay? Anyone can be to the level of being God's friend. Anyone can have a, a, a level of closeness with the Lord where he shares with you things that are intimate to him. Things that are close to his heart. Say, well, God will share that stuff with everyone. No, he won't. No, he won't. He does not share everything with everyone. I think we've demonstrated that in the past from the, from, from the scripture. But, 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 but the Lord will entrust the faithful. Those whom he can count on. Those whom he can trust. And I tell you what, those people are ones who have a right attitude towards him. They don't have a casual approach to holy things. They absolutely know what to touch and what not to touch. They know that they have a respect for God and what he says and what he's doing. We're not going to get any closer to him without that. Amen. Turn in your Bible with me over to Acts chapter 10. We, we, we read to you uh, some scriptures last time about how the, how the Lord calls us holy. And the reason we did is based on this principle. If I'm going to respect God as holy, if I'm going to count Him as holy, I must also include it in that thought is anything that He says is holy, I also say that's holy. I don't say, God, you're holy, but what you're doing, that's not so important to me. Everything that he says, everything that he does, everything that he puts his stamp on, I'm also respecting that, okay? And so, uh, one of the things that is included in this is you, as me. I, I'm, his, I'm part of his holy nation, his own special chosen people, and so are you. Amen. Acts, everybody there? Acts chapter 10. And over here we want to look, this is when Peter went to pray, and let's look over here in verse number 10. Peter's on the housetop, sixth hour, verse 10, then he became very hungry and wanted to eat, but while they made ready, he fell into a trance. What does that, what do we mean he fell into a trance? Well, literally he fell physically over. That's one of the things that can happen in, the, in, a, in, the, in a move of God. When God's Spirit is doing something, people sometimes, don't have to, but sometimes what happens? People fall over. And you can read that in the Bible. You can read through, you can read through church history, and you'll find many times, you'll, you, uh, I mean, some of the old revivalists, that, uh, even in our country and, in, and over in England, they would tell stories about how they'd start to preach. And as they preached, people start, would start hitting the ground. People would, I mean, no one laying hands, didn't have a, you know, a line with ushers and, and uh, nothing wrong with that. But, you know, uh, people would just start, boom, boom, just start dropping. It's like, wow, what's going on with that? It wasn't something he was preaching. It wasn't a doctrine he had come up with. It wasn't people being, you know, mentally coerced that if you fall down, that means you're more spiritual than everybody else. No, a lot of times we're talking about sinners. A lot of times people didn't even know the Lord. And just through the power of preaching, God would come on people. Just amazing. Anyway, this is not the exact same situation, but Peter did fall. 
he fell, we get that from the Greek that he fell over bodily, into a trance. What do you mean? His physical uh, body was suspended. He was totally in tune with what the Lord said, uh, was showing him in, in this vision. said he saw heaven open and an object like a great sheet bound at the four corners descending to him and let down to the earth. In it were all kinds of four-footed animals of the earth, wild beasts, creeping things, and birds of the air. And a voice came to him, Rise, Peter, kill and eat. But Peter said, Not so, Lord, for I have never eaten anything common or unclean. Now you understand, under the Old Testament law, which Peter was a part, certain animals were considered to be unclean. Uh, In other words, they were not supposed to touch them. They're not supposed to eat them. All right, other animals were considered acceptable, and that some of that was for dietary reasons. A lot of it, it was what it was. The main reason for that was to show and give a, a picture of Christ coming in the New Testament. And uh, anyway, let's not go into all that right now. That's not my point. Okay. I don't want to get off on that sidetrack. <laughs> okay. Nevertheless, these animals were unclean. Peter said, no, I'm not going to eat those. And a voice spoke to him again the second time. What God has cleansed, you must not call common. Did I read that in order? Yeah. And this was done three times, and the object was taken up into heaven again. But notice that phrase, what God has cleansed, you must not call common now we know the direct reference he's talking about the gentiles being uh, being brought into the church and how christ had died for the whole world the gentiles were about to uh, have an experience where they were saved too and thank god for most of us yay uh, but here's the principle now this is one of those universal principles that, ap- that apply across the board the lord said what god has cleansed don't you call common If God says it's clean, it's clean. And we should agree with Him. If the Lord says it's holy, it's set apart, that is something that we need to agree with and also call clean. Now, this is true about you and me. This is why it's not only doctrinally incorrect for me to refer to myself as unworthy, unholy, just worthless, good for nothing. It's, it's not only doctrinally incorrect because I'm a new creation in Christ, it's also disrespectful to what God has called clean. Amen. You see, when you receive the Lord, He says, you are now holy. You are washed. You are cleansed. He calls us the righteousness of God in Christ in 2 Corinthians. For me to honor and respect the Lord, count Him as holy, I must agree with that. You know, and so let me encourage you, when you do something stupid, don't say, oh, I'm just so stupid. Don't agree with the, with the old part. Agree with what the Lord has done. You can fess up and acknowledge you did a stupid thing. All right. But don't refer to yourself ever in a negative way are you listening if you do something wrong confess your sin he's faithful and just to forgive it don't refer to yourself as incapable as not having as being in in lack and want and or anything unholy because 
The Lord says, what I've made clean, don't you call common. Don't you act like it's just, you know, this language. Well, I'm only human. You are? I thought you got saved. I thought you were a partaker of his divine nature. Not only human anymore. Amen. You know, in fact, like one of our Bible school instructors said, one third of me is wall to wall Holy Ghost. Amen. Amen. What, what is that part? That's, that's, that's your spirit. <laughs> that's your spirit. I'm not only human. That's, I think, uh, being disrespectful to what the Lord has done. Okay? And, uh, and I need to treat the Lord as holy. Amen. Let me take a, let me take a side journey over here. First Peter. I say side journey because this scripture came up in my heart right before service. So I'm going to throw it in. Bonus material. First Peter. Chapter 3. First Peter chapter 3. And verse 15. It says. I'll wait on you. Some people still getting there. Might want to get there and highlight it. Write a note in the side. Verse 15, but sanctify the Lord God in your hearts. Notice this is New Testament language, writing to Christians, writing to people who are believers, are already saved. He said, sanctify the Lord God in your hearts. Let me give you that, that, that verse from the Amplified, because this, this is where it fits right in, in with what we're saying. He said, but in your hearts set Christ apart as holy and acknowledge him as Lord now understand he's writing to people who have already believed in their heart that God raised Jesus from the dead and confessed with their mouth that he is Lord and they were saved and he said to the saved people I want you to set Christ apart in, in your heart I want you to acknowledge him as Lord Say, but I already did. Do it again. In other words, this must be a re- something we're to practice regularly where we acknowledge and we, uh, we make mention of the fact that He is in me. He is set apart. He is holy in me. And I'm going to rehearse the fact that He is Lord. Because i got to tell you, if we don't rehearse that, guess who's going to be Lord? It's the nature of the flesh. It's going to creep right back up on you, and you're going to be the boss of you. Right? You're going to be in charge. You're going to call your own shots, do what you want to do, say what you want to say, and you're going to let your own words dominate your life, and you are not better off that way. We are far better off saying, he's the master. He's the Lord of my life. He's the captain of my salvation. Amen. And he's the one that, is the one that, that has been set apart in my life. And so... When it comes, again, whatever the Lord says is holy, whatever he says is clean, whatever he says is important for any degree, I must agree with him. And then also count those things as holy. You know, uh, over in seconds, uh, actually 1 Samuel, you remember the time when, when David... David had been anointed as king by the prophet Samuel. But how many know he didn't get a move in right away? 
He wasn't just waiting on a few renovations, get, my, get the palace ready. No, someone was in his house, right? Who was that? His name was Saul. And Saul had, by that time, he had turned evil, and he had gone against the ways of the Lord. And that's why God was moving in the new king. And David was about to take up. God was setting up one and taking down another. But in the meantime, Saul was still in that position. And not only that, he was demon-possessed. And Saul was coming after David, trying to kill him. And David was on the run. And he had some opportunities, though, where he could have sped up the process. So I believe the Lord has given me this person, this just job here, but someone else is in there. <laughs> well, watch out that you don't try to uh, get in the flesh and make it happen by taking someone else out. All right. Anyway, Saul was in the position. David knew it was his. The prophet had given him the word. He'd been anointed to do it, and he had an opportunity to take Saul out. But his, it's very interesting that David said he would not do that because Saul was the Lord's anointed. He, uh, in, in fact, in chapter 24, in verse 6, he, he said, uh, The Lord forbid that I should do this thing unto my master, the Lord's anointed, to stretch forth my hand against him, seeing he is the anointed of the Lord. Notice, because God's Spirit was on him, and on that position, David respected that, and he said, I am not going to be messing with this, because God's Spirit is on this. Okay? When the Lord is on something, it should automatically gain our respect. In doing so, we are counting the Lord holy, and we get to come closer. We get a little more insight, a little more, uh, we're, we're able to see a little bit more. God will let us touch His holy things. Amen. In fact, Psalm 105, verse 15 it repeats this saying, says, do not touch my anointed ones and do my prophets no harm. If we were to ask this question in our day, in our time, what has God anointed? What has he placed his spirit on that I must then give special respect to in order to really cooperate with what God wants to do? Well, I can say this, uh, number one, that he is called, he has anointed people. He has anointed people. And sometimes my only problem wanting to have more and see more and experience more of God is that I am not being respectful of people that God has put his spirit on. Do you know that can hinder your relationship with God? I know sometimes people have an idea that their relationship with God is solely between him and them. But you know it's not that way. I know we don't have to go through a mediator, but we're in a family. And there is a direct relationship between how I treat you and how I treat the Lord. And I cannot run over people and think that I have a good relationship with God. All right? I, just like we can say, I, I can't count common what he says is clean and holy and still think that, well, at least I'm respecting the Lord. Well, I know, but... I'm not really respecting the Lord unless I'm respecting what He respects. Unless I'm respecting His work and what He's done. And so God anoints people. Look at Matthew chapter 10. Matthew chapter 10 uh, for just a moment. People that God has called to service. Now, now this, is, this is one of those points again that I brought out last week. We could, we could accurately say that Every Christian, 
Every person who's been saved, been born of God, has been anointed. And so because of that, I can say I must respect every single person in the body of Christ. And that's correct and true. But here's what I must avoid. I must avoid putting everyone in the same lump and acting like every person is exactly the same. Because we are equal on many levels, and then we are also not equal on other levels. How do I know? Whenever God points something out, because He says that we are holy, but He also then points out certain individuals and says, they're holy. Or my spirit is on them. My anointing is on that one. What does that mean to me? That means that person or that, uh, that thing, it, it could be an activity. We'll show you some more. But uh, that particular thing that God pointed out, it is especially anointed or set apart by God for a particular purpose. Therefore, it must garner more respect from me than something else. The big temptation is to put everyone in one big bowl, stir them all up, and we're all the same. The kingdom does not work that way, okay? Everything is not equal in God's sight. Now, we're all created equal. Not talking about that, okay? Not talking about one person being more saved, or one person can be healed and another person can't be healed. None of that nonsense, okay? We all have access to the promises of God, but He does point out certain things, certain positions, certain people, and he says, I've got my spirit on them. Otherwise, again, David mentioned that Saul had that special something about him. He didn't say, I'm not going to touch anybody. He said, well, I'm not going to touch him. He didn't say, I'm not going to mess with anybody. He messed with some other people. (laughs) But he wasn't going to mess with him. Why? Because he knew that would be disrespectful to the Lord. Amen. Everybody understand where I'm coming from? Chapter 10 of Matthew, verse 41. He who receives a prophet in the name of a prophet shall receive a prophet's reward. He who receives a righteous man in the name of a righteous man shall receive a righteous man's reward. Here's what I want to bring out from this scripture right now. Did you notice that the reception of the prophet or the righteous man is all contingent upon the name he didn't say if you just receive a prophet then you get the prophet's reward he said if you'd receive the prophet in the name of the prophet in other words the appropriate and proper respect given to that prophet will determine what you, what reward you get from that it's not so i just receive everyone that's not correct Everyone's not the same. Who do you receive and in whose name do you receive them? In other words, what credibility, what level of importance, what level of uh, uh, sacredness do you place on what God, and if it's a person, what God said is important and special? Because if we agree with Him, then we're able to reap the rewards of that. But if we don't, so I receive the prophet. But what if, did you receive the prophet in the name of the pastor? 
did you receive the did you did you receive the prophet in the name of well you know he's a Christian well that's not what it said what I'm trying to emphasize is the principle here if God puts any extra attention or importance on anything or anyone we must agree with that and also give that same level of significance to that thing in our lives like we talked about last week God Bible talks about the Holy Scriptures. In fact, that's another one of my points. We'll get, get to that. All right. We, we, we talked about how we're supposed to pray everywhere, lifting up what? Not just hands. Holy ones. Holy God says they're holy. So all of a sudden when I lift my hands, I know this is just my, my, my doing. This is not something I'm just choosing to get involved with. God made special mention. Of my hands as being holy when I lift them to him. So I am absolutely respecting God. I am counting him as holy when I say, Lord, I just lift my hands to you. Yay. Oh, it's so good. Woo. You don't even, you don't even have to say anything. As long as you're lifting them to him. He said, that's holy. That's a sacred thing. That's something special to, in the eyes of God. Man, we're getting over on his, on, his, on his turf here. We're cooperating with him. Man, we're ready to come up. Amen. I, I was reading over in Mark chapter 6 where Jesus has, had sent his disciples out. He said, he said in verse 11, Whoever will not receive you nor hear you when you depart from there, shake off the dust under your feet as a testimony against them. He said, assuredly, I say to you, it will be more tolerable for Sodom and Gomorrah in the day of judgment than for that city. There's something about when God reveals something to someone, he sends someone to give his word, and they had miracles, and when they scoffed at it, when they did not receive the messenger, he said, leave the dust there. <laughs> Shake the dust off your feet, because they're in trouble. Isn't that what he's saying? He's saying, in the day of judgment, it's going to be better for, for Sodom and Gomorrah than it is for them. Why? Because God revealed something to them. And when God shows himself up to us, we must regard him as holy. We must not just kick it to the curb and act like it's no big deal and, you know, I'm cool and everything's good. And We're talking about the holy things of God here. And they must be respected, must be reverenced, must be counted as holy. We said, number one, uh, that God anoints people. Of course, we could go into a lot of that and be more specific, but understand the principle. And whenever you're reading the Word, understand that God calls people. Now, that's true about all of us. But let's, let's let it be defined in our lives towards certain ones and certain things that God is doing. Uh, what is God anointed? He has anointed His Word. That's what I mentioned before. God's Word is anointed. I should never treat it, as, treat it flippantly. I'm not talking about he anointed the book and the, the leather binding that you have. Sometimes people have asked the question, what should I do with an old Bible? And they're asking from a sincere heart because they don't, they, don't, they don't think, you know, can I throw it away? I mean, is that like disrespectful? It's not. It's not because, you know, if it's falling apart and the pages are falling out, and throw it away. <laughs> you can get rid of it. That's not being disrespectful to the Lord, but I must have a holy reverence for what is said. I must treat what, what the Lord said as, as, as something very special. And so I, when I read the word, man, this, that's, a, that's a big deal. That's a very serious issue with me, okay? 
I'd encourage you, I believe you could, because we live in a culture where Bibles are readily available. I'd encourage you to have one that's yours. Make it your, you should bring it with you when you come to church. Yeah. And when you go on vacation, bring it with you. Let it be special to you. Not just the binding. You know, I got really nice leather on mine. Doesn't really smell anymore, but it's really soft. I'll let you touch it sometime. But <laughs> if you're nice. <laughs> but that's not really what's holy. There's got to be a respect for the Word. And when we get in here together and we're going to teach and preach from the Word, let it be something that's sacred to you. Here we go. We're going to read the very words of God. That's awesome, man. That's so cool cooler than the other side of the pillow it is <laughs> it is God's word it's holy and so it takes a, a more of a respect in our lives I don't despise it or approach it lightly what else is what else has God anointed people he's he's anointed his word he's anointed his church and within the church, the body of Christ, are local churches. Is there a special anointing on churches? Absolutely. The ones that God has called, He's ordained. Absolutely, there's an anointing. But what does that mean to me? That means corporately, I have a respect for this, what we're doing. It means I am like David wouldn't speak against the king. Man, I'm not going to be messing with the church. I'm not this church and not another church. Even if they don't do everything right. You know that there, aren't, there isn't a church that exists that does everything right. <laughs> because they're full of human beings and we're all growing and learning and, and progressing in our knowledge of God. We don't do everything right. But if some other church does something wrong or they teach something wrong, I'm, I'm not touching them. Now I might deal with a doctrine or a principle and say this is a false or incorrect teaching. But I'm not going to blast the, the group that it's coming from. I'm not going to, what am I doing? That's disrespecting God. Don't I believe that he calls all churches, even if they're not right about everything? I mean, to my knowledge, we are the only church that's right about everything. <laughs> you laughed way too hard on that one. <laughs> no, we readily re recognize that we don't know everything. And, and, uh, uh, and, and, and so, I, listen, if, if I thought the Lord's anointing was not on a church because they didn't have perfect doctrine, we're in trouble, man. We're all in trouble. But the Lord will anoint people with all kinds of bogus beliefs. You know that? And, uh, and so, we, of course, we all need to be uh, as faithful to the Word as we know how to be and, and be right. But God anoints His church. We need to be very respectful. Very respectful of the church. It should be parents raising children. Treat, raise them where they have great respect for the church. What do you mean the church? It is the body of Christ, not just the building, but it's, you know, they should have respect for the building because that's where the church meets. But whenever you're talking about the, uh, the church, don't ever let your kids, I'm talking to parents now with, who are growing kids up from young age, don't ever let them hear something come out of your mouth where you're putting down another person in the church or where you're criticizing a program or a procedure or a method. Don't let that come out of your mouth because you're, you're touching God's anointed. What? The church. 
God is behind that. It's what he believes in. He authored it. It was his idea to put local churches all around the globe. And if he's got his people coming against it because it's not perfect, or usually it's them, got to tell you, they're critical and they're many times just operating in the flesh, looking after the flesh instead of walking in love. But it, he can't, we can't have that. So if we, if we want to experience more of the manifest presence and glory of God, does this have any part in it? It really does. This is a holy thing that we're doing right now. And the church is not just when we gather, it's when we're apart too. But we have a holy respect for it. We treat it. It's not just like a club. You know, you might be in a, go to a gym somewhere. This is not the same. You might be in some kind of social club and you, I don't know, whatever you do, a bowling league. Maybe you play, you know, some kind of sport. That's fine and that's good. It's not the same. This is the church. This is Almighty God Himself says, I'm going to bring together a family and when they show up together, I'm going to move corporately. I'm going to do something in their midst that I don't do when they're by themselves. But they'll come together in unity and I will speak to them and I will direct them and I will pour out my spirit upon them. Yes, this is God's idea. And yes, we must have the same respect for this as we do for God himself. Because what God is doing, how can we separate it? How can we say, I love the Lord, but you know, I'm kind of not into that organized religion thing. Many people don't understand what they're talking about. They don't understand the words that are coming out of their mouth. That they're really disrespecting God if they're coming against what he's doing. Amen. Wow, praise God. Let me give you number four. What is God anointed? We could say his ordinances. His ordinances. In other words, uh, I could give you examples like this. Uh, Water baptism. Uh, Communion. Those type of things. Because God said... This is a part, you know, be baptized, you know, communion. He didn't give us a time frame how often we should do it. He just said whenever you do it. He give, gives us instructions and directions. That's something that God instituted. So those things should be holy to us. And we could talk about more, but those are a couple of things that are really uh, significant to the New Testament church. When someone's baptized, you know, there are too many believers who get saved and and many times it's out of ignorance, and I understand that, so there's not a, it's not a hard issue. But they don't, it's not as important to them, so they put it off, oftentimes for many years. And if you've done that, no condemnation, but giddy up, let's get going. When you recognize that God has done something, that He has instituted a, a, a particular uh, ordinance, um, then it needs to be holy to you. It needs to be holy. I don't know some of the guys we baptized on Sunday, they had the such a good attitude when I was speaking with them in the in the back before they were expecting God to do something in their life it was a holy thing to them and I thought yeah they're not just kind of well you know got to be baptized that's what everyone's got to do no this is the work of God this is something that God instituted this is a very sacred thing amen takes a new level of respect Oh, we are coming up, I tell you right now, we are coming up in our attitude, we're coming up in our minds, and because of that, uh, there's there's coming an increase of God's manifest presence in your life and in this church. I'm telling you, because these things work from the inside out. 
It's not just something just happens to us. There's always been a group of people who would hunger and who would be dissatisfied with the way things were and they would call out for more and God would respond to their cry and many others will benefit. But it's key what we're doing here right now. This is big time important to what God intends to do. Woo, glory to God. I tell you what, yikes. Man, we've got to respect the things of the Lord. Yeah, it doesn't mean we're going to be all somber. Can it? We're all stiff and can't ever. No, laugh, have a great time, but do it with respect. All right? Some things we don't joke about. Some things we set aside. We sanctify the Lord in our hearts and say, this is of the Lord here, and I'm not mixing it with everything else. You know, even the laying on of hands. I've talked to you about that before, I think. That's a holy thing to me. When God's power will go out of a person and go into someone else to bring healing and help and, and strength to another person. That's a holy thing. I'm going to mess with that. I don't want to treat it lightly. I don't want to mess with it and act like it's uh, whatever. No, it's the holy things of God. So when I do it, there's going to be some, there's going to be some stuff behind it. You know, sometimes we might ask ourselves the question, you know, are we ready for more of the glory of God? Are we ready for more of God's manifest self in our lives? And oftentimes the quick response is, yeah, bring it on. I am ready. Well, being ready can be a process. All right. It's not just a switch. Okay, I'm, I'm good now. I'm ready. Well, listen, sometimes we've been so schooled in disrespect, in a lack of honor, in a lack of understanding that some things are holy and some things are common. Are you listening? And we've mixed it all. It's not just a quick fix. God is preparing us. It's like, uh, you know, you go out into a desert where, where it hasn't rained for a long time. And the ground is just dry and parched and cracked and it's just hard as a rock. And you go out there and what does that ground need? Well, it definitely needs moisture, but how many know it doesn't necessarily need a downpour? Because if you have a downpour, that's why you go to some states down and sometimes in Arizona they get some rains and what do they get? Flash floods, right? Because the, the ground can't handle that much water all at once. And it just runs off and you get done and the next day it's dry as a cork again. Okay, what does it need? Sometimes it just needs a little bit of water. And then it needs a little more the next day. And it needs a, a continue. Maybe it needs more of a light rain than it does a downpour. And sometimes we think, I just want the downpour. Well, maybe you're ready for it. I'm not here to judge that. Maybe not. Maybe we need some sprinkling. And get everyone a little bit more moist. <laughs> Dry, cracked thing, you. <laughs> you. You know, what I'm talking about, though, is the, the content, and not so much the content, but the condition of our hearts. And a lot of this, again, it's respect. We say the Lord is holy. We live that way. We think that way. We come to church that way, respecting the things of God. They are holy. That tells me that our hearts are more ready. They're more fertile. They're ready, and they can handle. When the rain comes, we're going to soak it all up. And it won't just run right off us. Praise God. 
And so where are we? Man, we're coming up. We're coming up. I don't know where you're at necessarily by just looking at you, but I can tell, man, there's something happening. I can tell there's some, there's some attitudes that are becoming more aligned with what the Lord says. Sometimes we don't know how to do that because we didn't know we were out of alignment. You know, you thought your car was doing well until a few months later you looked and one tire was bald on one side. I didn't know anything was wrong. Well, obviously it was. And sometimes we're in our lives spiritually. We don't know necessarily because we still love the Lord and we're still serving Him. We don't know that things are out of place, but that's why we get times like these. And we, we speak and the Lord ministers to you in particular to show you areas where you can be more reverencing of His name and His work and His word and His people and all that He says is holy. And when you do so, you're putting the tires on straight and you're ready to cruise, and you can handle higher speeds. You're not going to start. <laughs> know what I'm talking about? But we're ready to cruise. We're ready to go faster than ever before, and we can handle it. Yay. Not going to explode. Amen. <laughs> Sometimes you got to stretch. I know we were going, well, last year we went on a, a cruise vacation. Was that last year? And, uh, if anyone's ever been on cruises, you know what you do on those. Um, you eat. <laughs> and then when you're done eating, you eat again. And, uh, you know, we were, we were back for a few days. I said, I'm so craving a buffet. <laughs> but, I, but before we were getting ready to go on the cruise, I was joking with some one person who was going on this trip with us. And I, I just told him I was eating real good to practice. And I was stretching out my stomach. <laughs> Uh, you know, eating a little extra, stretching out my stomach so I'd be ready for the trip. <laughs> Which I was joking, you don't, before you get your swimming suit on, you don't really want to stretch out your stomach. <laughs> but, I, but, you know, it's like you need to prepare, like you get in all that food and they serve you 24 hours a day and it's good stuff. It's like you can only handle so much, so, you know, I was getting ready. Well, how much can we handle of, Lord, of the Lord? Are we ready? Well, let's stretch it out a little bit. Let's stretch it out. Let's say, okay, bring on a little bit more. Build ourselves up. Not trying to, it's not a matter of works, and if I do more, God will, God will do this for me. No, He loves us unconditionally, but sometimes it's a matter of our, ourselves getting in the right position, in the right place to handle the abundance of what He has. Whew, glory to God. Glory to God. Be dissatisfied. Well, it's already 8.30. Isn't that amazing? Praise God. You guys are doing a good job tonight. Amen. Amen. Because I'm not even hardly working up here. This is just <laughs> not even earning my paycheck. <laughs> just, just letting it flow. <laughs> Glory to God. We should become dissatisfied. Not, not unthankful. Not ungrateful. Dissatisfied with leaving things just the way they've always been. Man, my life's okay. Everything's good. Come on, let's be those. Let's be, let's be different. Come on, let's, let's, let's be different from the average Joe Christian who's just comfortable. And let ourselves have a hunger that says, eh, you know what? I want, I want to know God more than anyone. <laughs> Not necessarily in a comparison way. I just know there's more of Him to offer. There's more of His Word that I can see. There's more of His Spirit I can experience. And I can be a bigger blessing than anyone than I've ever been before. Than the average Joe is ever going to be around me. Sorry, Joe. 
Amen. 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 Let's desire a presence that comes in here. And it's not, it's not all about personal benefit or gain, but yeah, we sure like it. But believe for a presence. When someone's just not right, man, God will just start speaking to them. Jump in their pew with them. And just get all over in their business and in their, in, in their stuff. Come on now. That's what I'm believing for. Jesus said, if you'll believe, you, you'll see the glory of God. I'm believing for that. Would you join with me? Come on, let's, let's unite and believe this together. And God is going to do some things. Yeah, there'll be experiences. And I've already, I know this by, by the Spirit. Things have come out through prophecy that even there's going to be more revelations and things this coming up this year. And I don't know that I'm necessarily prophesying to the body of Christ at large, but I know where God's assignment for me is. And uh, so he's talking about us. Yeah, if it goes beyond that, fine. I don't know what other people are necessarily saying. Uh, but I know what he's saying here. And, uh, and there's going to be some revelation, some understanding, and we're going to walk into some areas that we haven't walked in before. Praise God. It's just going to get better and better. But let's, let's stay on the path, keep our hearts right, and uh, continue to, to grow and increase in and, and reverencing the things of God. Amen. Let's all stand up t together. Praise God. Amen. Let's just take a few minutes and uh, before we dismiss. And we'll, we'll see, but let's just, let's just look to the Lord for a moment and just, just worship Him, give Him the honor that He deserves. Lord, we do honor You and bless You tonight. Thank You for Your holy presence. Thank You for what You are doing. Thank You for Your desire and Your plan for each and every one of us. Lord, we call Your calling. It's a holy calling, as You said in Your Word. And what you desire us to do, it's not just man's idea. It's not just a common thing. This is a holy thing. It's of you. And so, Lord, we respect you. We say you are holy. We say you are, you are mighty. And you are powerful. And you are all wise and all knowing. And, Lord, we seek to know those things which we don't know. We seek to see those things which we haven't seen. Lord, help us to make adjustments in our hearts so we, where we basically get out of the way. <laughs> Anything that's in us that is prohibiting and, 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 and hindering us from walking in your fullness and, and, and having the fullness of what you desire to do. Lord, we just set those things aside now, sanctifying you in our hearts. Oh, calling you Lord, calling you holy. Lord, you're doing a wonderful thing in us. Praise God. Lord, we invite you to do in every one of us, what you desire to do. We honor you. We bless you tonight. You are wonderful, Lord. Praise God. Praise God.